Hello, and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I'm talking with my friend and fellow podcaster, Quentin Roberts of The Real Zodiac Podcast. What's up, dude? Hey, thank you so much for having me come back, dude. This is so much fun. Oh, yeah, dude. It's always a joy and a pleasure to talk to you, so I've been looking forward to this one. Oh, yeah, and especially since you become such a bigwig now. I mean, you are pretty much the like third co-host on PCL lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, I've been I've been with them a lot this year uh, on main episodes and bonus and Patreon and stuff. It's been a real blast. Um No, it's awesome. I'm I'm I love that like it's become a comfort for me to hear your voice on there. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Of course, man. You you bring the heat and that's what's needed, you know? Yeah, it's 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 always great doing PCL because I mean Startcast it it wouldn't exist without PCL. So it's, oh, I understand. It's you know it, it's it's super soup so it's super cool. It's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so get it. So it's it's all good, man. No, that's awesome. Oh yeah. So how have things been going on the Real Zodiac? Ah, uh, things are great, man. Um, right now we're uh, so I mean basically. If uh, people have have listened or if they haven't, uh, the recap is Beth is a little bit on a hiatus because she's planning her wedding and it's going to be a spectacle. So yeah, that's going to take up a lot of her focus. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I feel bad for her because I'll I'll shoot her a text and be like, hey, man, you need to go see this movie or blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I don't have time. You know, like, (laughs) and then I'll get a text like like 30 characters or I'm sorry, 30 texts in between just all about what she's doing. And it's, yeah, I could never, I could never imagine like all that stress, but uh, she did get to go see some movies that she really wanted to see, but yeah, just like the excess movies in terms of like for our show. Yeah. It ain't happening, which I'm totally fine with because it gave me some time to, uh, look at the Halloween retro reels that we did. Um, you know, it's 13 movies right there. And then, uh, we ended up getting another co-host, uh, with us. So now we have three co or three hosts, if you will, on the show with, uh, Jacob. Well, fantastic, dude. At least, at least you're not, you know, having downtime searching for, a uh, another co-host. It seemed to work out for you. Oh yeah. No, it, it worked out perfectly because, he was helping me with the uh, retro reels with uh, Halloween, along with Billy Blinks. But Billy, you know, is a very, very busy man with uh, you guys did the Rings of Power and he's got his reality guys. Like I, I felt bad just like saying, hey, uh, you want to jump on to Halloween because I know you love it. And he, I mean, like he's he's never going to say no, but <laughs> I could tell it was getting a little stressful towards the end. So I'm really glad that. uh he got to do that, and now he doesn't have to worry about any Halloween movies uh, for the near future. <laughs> yeah, you guys are on a tear with that, dude. Um, oh, it was fun. We'll, we'll definitely be getting into some Halloween talk at some point. <laughs> for sure, please. I'd love to. <laughs> um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, you were, you were bringing up the, the Rings of Power podcast. Did you watch that? So I watched, I think, the first four episodes, and I just haven't watched the the latter four. Um, I listened to you, you guys' first four shows, and I even listened to a little bit of when you were freaking emceeing the whole thing. And, dude, like I didn't know what was going on, obviously, but I just wanted to I, – I like to give you guys listens because you guys are freaking swell people. And so I was listening to a little bit of I'm like, dude, this guy, he knows how to handle a room. 
<laughs> that was yeah that i mean i'd never done that big of a breakdown before and dude what what an incredible amount of work that is i mean <laughs> oh yeah i don't <laughs> worth I don't it be worth Brian. it in the end but i do not want to be Brian for like a, a, a week in any capacity for what he has to do for uh just his regular show and then adding this onto it oh yeah dude so, so like we were getting screeners for that so what the shows were dropping on Friday for everybody else and we would get the screeners on Tuesday. And so I would get off work at 3:30, watch the screener, you know, give it a whole watch through and then just grab the the slider and scrub right back to the beginning and I would have the screener playing on my right monitor and Microsoft Word open on my left monitor and I would just be taking bulleted points and just basically just breaking down the entire episode. And so then that hour episode turns into like a 3 to 4 hour watch. Now you see that is how I think that all movie reviewers should be, but I will never be. <laughs> Dude, it's it was it was a, like the first time I did it I was like, "Well, that was a lot of fun." And then the second week I did it and I was like, "That made me want to punch my computer." Yeah, and then the third week I was like, "Yep, yep, this is making me want to scream." You're like, oh, thank God, it's only eight weeks, right? No, but <laughs> but it was totally worth it. It, it. it gave me such a deeper understanding of of I mean, just of like Tolkien lore. I mean, I, I felt like I knew a fair amount more than the average fan going into it. But oh my gosh, it's like I dream about like elfin names and shit now. It's crazy. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I feel wake, like I wake up and I'm like, the Oath of Feanor. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Some first aid shit. We're not even really talking about this. <laughs> right. That's awesome. No, I like I said, dude, I loved seeing your guys' passion. And I don't know. Like I said, I, I think the show maybe just didn't hit me right because um, I love The Lord of the Rings. I think that they are fantastic films. Um, I it's It's weird to say, but I definitely think I've seen The Hobbits more. Um, not by, you know, like, because I like them more, but it's just, <laughs> I, I feel like they're easier to watch and make fun of, you know what I mean? Instead of like watching through Lord of the Rings all the way through and just saying, wow, that's a masterpiece, you know, but I still haven't watched the Hobbit movies. <sighs> like, I'm serious. Like, you're not, <laughs> not a you're single not bit much. of any of them. Um, I, like I said, I saw the first one in theaters. I saw the second one in theaters and I waited for the third one because I heard it was so bad. And so I watched like I, I watched it, but the first five minutes is literally all you need. And the rest of it is just unnecessary. So, I mean, take that with what you will. The second one I think is actually pretty good. It's just super long, and but I, I'm I love Smaug. I thought he did a great job with Benedict Cumberbatch as like the lead there, um, and I like Martin Freeman. I think he has just like this very boyish, like he, he's just funny. Like he's just got like a, a funny attitude. So those are those are like the main reasons why and what pushed me through because everybody else I just thought was a total snore. <laughs> I almost started. The, the first Hobbit movie earlier this week. And instead, I just started watching the extended edition of um, Fellowship again. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, ha here we go. <laughs> All right. Let me ask you this. And I feel so bad if you already mentioned this in the show. And please just castrate me now. That, dude, um, at this point, people listening to this show long term have heard all my stories like a dozen times. So it's okay. <laughs> but out of, out of the original three, which one's your favorite? Oh, probably Fellowship. 
Me too, man. I love the Fellowship of the Ring. Like, I think I love it so much because you're just diving into this world for the first time. It feels like, of course, I mean, it's the intro film, but there's just so much love for the Shire and the beautiful locations and just the fellowship, man. Like the obvious, like the title, but seeing, what is it like 12 of them all together? I like, it's been a while since I've seen it. I apologize, but I, I love like the camaraderie and my ax, like all of that just <laughs> for me so well. And like the first 20 minutes of just like the the prologue and just the narration, uh, dude, there's nothing like it, man. There's nothing like it. Yeah. And that's also one of those like when when the DVD for the extended edition first came out, like I bought it right away. And so it was oh, yeah. something that was just on repeat for the longest time. <laughs> like I so I, <laughs> I know I've definitely watched Fellowship more than any of the other ones. Um, but yeah, like when you're talking about the locations and stuff, one of my favorite scenes in fellowship is when they're going down the Anduin and they, they go past the Argonath with the giant statues of, um, of a seal door and, um, uh, his brother Anarian, who were the, mm-hmm. the founders of Gondor like that. Oh, I just, I love that how it shows the statues from afar. And then it shows the close up of the 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 boats going past the the sandaled foot and it's yeah, just so yeah, fucking just, gigantic it's like it, show, it shows like the the scale and that's yes. what you just never expect to see in a movie that was made in like 2002 or like 2001 or 2000 whenever it like all started you know yeah so. a lot you know some of the f- effects in it look kind of rough and, and you know others like really really hold up very well and yeah no those movies are just a real treasure Oh yeah, and, and I I love them so much. <laughs> I like I said, I'm really glad that it tickled a fan a fancy for all those Tolkien people. You know, like I don't know, I just I I don't think I was in the mood for Rings of Power when it came out, and I'm gonna get to it, I promise. But I don't know, there's just so much other stuff that I'm watching right now that is just kind of taking precedence. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I that's kind of where I got to with House of the Dragon. Um, my wife yeah. and I still have the last two episodes of it to watch. I had the last, I don't even, how many episodes are there? Eight? No, it's more than eight. I think there's 10. Oh yeah. Well, we have like the last six to watch. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, <laughs> it horrible, <laughs> man. It's the time jump. Like I, I don't want to say goodbye to, uh, Millie, Millie Alcock. I don't want to say bye to her. Yeah. Yeah. No, those, those younger actresses really, really killed it in those roles. Oh yeah. But Look, I, I'm aware that it's really good. I need to watch it. It's going to happen. Like I said, there's just other stuff I'm watching right now that just started piquing my interest. Yeah. Yeah, I'll eventually get to it. And also for me, it's like <clears throat> like I, I have the the history of Westeros book. Like I, I, I know which Targaryen or I know what Targaryens are going to sit on the throne in what order. Oh, <laughs> shit. Know? That's so it's pretty like, cool. I kind of know how it's going to go. But – on the same token, I, I know where Rings of Power is going to ultimately end up, and I was absolutely <laughs> engrossed in that. But, right. you know, was, I don't know. I've always been such a sucker for for high high fantasy concept stuff, though. That, oh, yeah. Because especially with me, like, you know, I've been working on a fantasy book for the longest time now, and Tolkien is my one of my biggest inspirations for doing it. The, the world that he created, like, he created the best and most complex sandbox 
<laughs> you know, it's I'm, like I don't think there's yeah. any other author that there's some others that might come close, but there's definitely nobody that's reached the heights of what Tolkien created with no, with his world right. of Arda and Middle Earth and in the the undying lands of Valinor and all that. It's it's just the so many different languages and just ten like thousands of years of history. It's it's amazing. It's such an amazing accomplishment. And the more I learn about it, the more research I didn't do into it, I'm like, God damn, I can see how people get totally lost in this and be like, fuck it, I'm a full-time Tolkien scholar. This is what I do now. <laughs> hey, man, to each your own. I'm I'm happy that, uh, like I said, it. I'm happy that there's stuff out there for everybody, and especially those high fantasy nerds that love that stuff, which, again, I, I think it's great that it even delves that deep. So... Yeah, just makes Delves me happy too to greedily see it. and too deep. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, dude. So you've been on a huge kick of doing Halloween movies. Um, yeah. So did yeah. did you did you do them all in like the order of release? Is that how you did them? Yeah, I mean, we started with the first one, you know, in '78, and we just trucked along. We went through every because I mean. I don't know how like well versed you are in, in that, and I'm not even gonna pretend. No, that. I've, I've definitely not seen all of them. Yeah, I'm not a Carpenter scholar. I'm just gonna tell you right now, <laughs> um, or Michael Myers scholar, I should say, because Carpenter decks out for a while. But um, there are five different timelines in Halloween, if you can believe it. Yeah, I saw a meme online that was kind of showing the way. <laughs> I mean, it, it it was a confusing meme, but I kind of saw where it was coming from. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't dive into it all, but I mean, uh, one, two, four, five, six are all one uh, one timeline. Then you have three, which is its own timeline. Um, then there's one that's one, two, and then H2O and Resurrection. Uh, Rob Zombie has his own timeline with his two films. And then the newest timeline, which just ended, is uh, Halloween 1, then halloween h4o as i call it but it's 2018 <laughs> um and then kills and ends so yeah there's and that's the one where i've seen all of them you, you've seen all all what are I, they I've, four yeah i've seen all the new ones and in the the first halloween movie i've seen molt like countless times i think i've oh, seen I mean, it's two a classic yeah once i don't think i've ever seen season of the witch i don't know if i've seen four i know for sure when i was in high school when when h2o came out i saw that Right. And yeah. I didn't see any of the Rob Zombie ones, so I don't have a fucking clue what's going on in those. <laughs> uh, Rob Zombie's – that was actually my introduction to uh, the Halloween was the Rob Zombie Halloween in 2007 when I was way too young to watch it. I know I'm not trying to like tell you I'm young as hell, but yeah, I was I was, <laughs> I was super young when that came out. Um, I would say – 11 12 i it could be wrong um but i just i i hated horror movies then like i could not stand being in a horror film because it freaked me out so much so um i had to go with a friend of mine and uh and his dad and it was either that or the simpsons movie and i was like why not the simpsons movie you know and <laughs> no i had to i had to sit there for 2 hours uh just watching michael myers and it was it was rough cuz i didn't know how rough it could be because i was like well it's a horror film surely they can't be that bad well rob zombie doesn't understand enough is enough so you're seeing everything but 
I got through it. I made it. And I've, <laughs> I've maybe seen that movie twice now. Uh, once when obviously it came out and then for the review and yeah, it's, it's safe to say that like it, it doesn't get better with age and you're not missing out, but dude, I don't know if I, if I've ever told you this and this kind of goes into game of Thrones in, in a little bit, but, uh, I don't know how, how well versed you in Rob zombie films. I don't think I've ever seen any of his movies. <laughs> well, I can obviously, I can honestly say that I've seen a lot of his movies. And I, because there's what, like the, there's the house of a thousand corpses. Yep. And then Devil's, Devil's Rejects, Rejects, Three from Hell. That's a trilogy. Yep, I've never seen any of those. Okay. Um, then the Halloweens, he did uh, 31, which is kind of a take on like a scavenger hunt slash like Saw. Um, shit. There's there's more. I And here I am. Uh, they're all escaping me. But um, – Oh, and he just did the monsters, which I watched a little bit of, and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not even that big of a Rob Zombie fan. I can stop this. Well, so, and I was never a fan of like the original monsters. Yeah, no, I mean, I was too young to watch it. Like, well, I didn't. When I was a kid, they played reruns on Nick at Night, and then they would also play the Adams Family too. And so it was like those two were so such similar shows. It just and, and I was like, yeah. the Adams Family is so much better. What is this monster stuff? It is dumb, right? And yeah. then when that trailer for the Rob Zombie one came out, I was like, oh, this is stupid in overdrive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, like I said, we went – my wife and I went and visited my parents and my mom had it on. And I said, mom, do you know who directed this? And she's like, no, I don't care. And I was like, no, oh, this is Rob Zombie. She goes, I don't know who that is. <laughs> so I was like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I got to remember my audience. Uh, but what I was Come saying on, about – Mom, Thunderkiss 65, more human right. than human? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've heard that shit. Dragula. Come on. Dragula. <laughs> we got to uh, burn through the ditches and – we got to burn through the witches and witches dig through the ditches. Ditches, yeah. Dragula, <laughs> man. Um, you, were you at C – you you were at C2E2 in 2020. Yes. Did you get to meet Richard Brake? No. So he, I think he was there Friday. I want to believe it was either Friday or Saturday, which – I, I should know because like I was either green or I wasn't, you know, like it was one of those days that I was green and anyway, <laughs> yeah, I met you but, when you were green. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Richard Brake was there and he is in a lot of Rob Zombie films. He was Joe chill and uh, Nolan's Batman begins. Uh, he was the night King in game of Thrones. And that's what everybody knew him as was the night King. But when I shook his hand, I said, Dude, I loved you in 31. You know, like this movie that he probably did nobody would ever like. And he just laughed and he says, That's a deep cut. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I said, No, you're awesome. And I loved you in Kingsman. Like I I just know him from all these like really simple roles. Um, have you did you see Barbarian yet? Oh, I saw that in the theater on opening night, dude. I loved it. Yeah. Richard Brake was uh He was you the know, the flashback guy who lived in the yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like Every time I see him, I'm like, I got to shake that man's hand. You know, like <laughs> that guy's got a creepy face, dude. He's and ugh, dude, it doesn't it doesn't help that his voice matches his face so well, too. You know, like he can <laughs> he can really like layer in the creepiness, you know. But he's a he's a very, very chill guy. I mean, obviously you you talk to a person for like 30 seconds, you don't know their life story, but um, you know, he was just very thankful. 
and just listen to me ramble. And because look at me, I ramble. So I was just really happy <laughs> to be able to talk to him. It was awesome, dude. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I am way behind on podcasts. So I have not listened to your your episodes for the 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 new Halloween movies. Um, oh no, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> what side of the fence did you fall on for Halloween Ends? Because that almost everybody I've talked to with that movie has been like, yeah, that really sucked. Yeah, everybody said it's a stinky one, and uh, I I was in that camp when I first saw it. Um, but I actually went back and watched um, scenes, not the whole movie again, but scenes because I just wanted to understand what I was watching and why this was happening. Because, I mean, Halloween 2018, I know this is probably more than you asked for. Um, <laughs> it, it just helps that I just recently watched everything that has to do with Halloween. But um, the 2018 one was so good. And yeah, like that one was this- fantastic. All this faith you had in Danny McBride and David Gordon Green and then Halloween Kills happened. You're like, okay, the story is kind of wonky, but the kills were awesome. And then you go to this one. You're like, okay, the story was wonky and the kills were wonky. The characters were wonky. (laughs) You know, like what is going on? What happened? And dude, at the end of the day, I, I had a good time watching it, you know? Because it was so ridiculous and I got so much flack for for enjoying my time watching this stupid movie that was supposed to like encapsulate all of the history of Halloween, you know, down to Laurie and Michael. And we got Sewer Myers and <laughs> like born again freaking Laurie, dude. Like I was just like, what is going on? And you know, you had Corey. I'm loving all the Corey and Michael memes, by the way. They are just – they're rampant and I love it. But <laughs> I love the one where they superimposed Michael Myers' face over Allison's on the back of the motorcycle. <laughs> yes, I know. That's my favorite one. You ride to get – you evil rides uh, tonight or something. Evil I, rides remember. tonight. That's fantastic. <laughs> but uh, to answer your question, a long-winded answer here, I I liked it enough that – I'm glad I saw it, but I will probably never watch it again. And me saying that means I will watch it again when I do a whole rewatch of all the Halloweens. It'll just be a while. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I, I don't see myself ever watching that one again. Uh, <laughs> I liked Corey, man. I, I'm I'm one of the few. I didn't I didn't hate him. I liked his story. I just wish it wasn't in this movie. You know? Yeah. Well, it wasn't bad. They just neutered Michael Myers too much. In, oh yeah, in, he was in my nerfed. opinion. Did, yeah. Did you see the uh the the pitch meeting for it? No, I dude, <laughs> I I am you you might hate me for this, but I cannot stand that guy's voice. Oh, really? <laughs> like I know it's a stick. I I know he obviously doesn't talk like that in real life, but it's the oh, superimposed smile and just like I I think his dialogue is hilarious. I really do because I've watched like his pitch meetings for Rise of Skywalker and that one had me rolling. But yeah, I just can't stand his voice. I, I need a transcript. That's all, you know? <laughs> so it is more than barely an inconvenience for you. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like such a dick for saying that. Like I'm No, uh, no, it's all good, dude. So. Um the 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 one that the the one part of that pitch meeting that I loved the most was when he talks about spoiler. Uh um, Corey going into the sewer and taking Michael Myers' mask from him. 
And he's like, the producer persona's like, the guy who got beat up by the band geeks? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I'm going to tell you right now, as a former band geek, I was like, I was loving the representation of, you know what? It doesn't have to be the jocks anymore. It is the band geeks. They are horrible people. (laughs) They'll do shit like that, except like they'll try to, you know, put a flute up your ass or something. (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. Um, oh, wait. <laughs> have you ever? Have you I'm ever just been laughing? Hit by a it drum made set. me think of American Pie, and so now I'm giggling about that. <laughs> Getting hit by a drumstick really hurts, man. That's all I'm saying. Like they they know their place in the hierarchy of of school now, and this is just the beginning. <laughs> the rise of the band geeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a, a movie I saw recently with. Um, I don't want to say which one it is and spoil it, but basically this one character that is like a total nerd throughout the entire movie, like at the end of it, when you find out he's not a good person, he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm a nerd. It doesn't mean I'm not a bad person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That sounds familiar. Now I'm really, dude, I want to know what it is. (laughs) It was a certain movie that just came out on, I think maybe Hulu recently. Mm, may or may not have had one of the kids from Stranger Things in it. And may or may not have had an an actor from the Spider-Man movies in it. Oh, yep, 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 yep. I got you. (laughs) I'm with you now. When you said Hulu, I was like, well, I'm fucked. Because, like, I can't. Maybe it wasn't Hulu. Maybe it was Netflix. No, it was Paramount. It was Paramount Plus. Oh, there you go. There's too many. I'm in the streaming wars. I rarely know what I'm watching shit on. (laughs) No, 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 no. You're totally fine. And look, I have gone on this rant uh, and I'm going to save it for this one. But I I hate how many streaming services there are. And like, I just I, I can't keep up. There's no way. Well, if they were all just five dollars a month. Sure. But how some right. of them are like, we're special as fuck. We're going to be closer to 20 a month. And it's like, why, you dick? Yeah. Like what? HBO Max. Isn't that like 12 HBO bucks? Max, or something? It's so expensive, but it's like, I can't get rid of it. It's got too Mm-mm. much good DC stuff on it. I can watch Justice League animated anytime I want. Anytime you want, dude. And there is some great stuff on HBO Max that like, I'm, I'm super happy that I found. And, uh, I think, I think you might've talked about this or maybe I'm dreaming about this, but have you ever seen, I think it's called the tourist. My wife watched it, so I, I just saw a couple bits of a couple episodes, but I didn't watch the whole thing. Gotcha. Well, Brian got me hooked on it because uh, when I was on PCL that week, we watched – or he asked me to watch, I think, the the first two episodes. And was that I on was Prime hooked. Video? No, it was, on, it was on HBO Max. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, it had Jamie Dornan who uh, was in 50 Shades, I want to believe. Um. And they had him in that, and he did such a phenomenal job in that show, dude. Really good. I mean, obviously, your wife probably talked to you about it, but yeah, like I, I recommend that to anybody who's just like who has HBO Max and just is has not seen it because I don't think a lot of people have, man. Yeah, that 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 is one that I I didn't watch and. And also, I didn't get spoiled for me. So even though she was watching it, I, I didn't – because there's times where she'll be watching something and I'll end up getting sucked into it. Like right. um, that happened recently with The Watcher on – I think that's on Netflix. <sighs> it is on Netflix and I need to watch that. I need to watch it 
because I, I love that main guy. Because <laughs> so I missed almost all of the first episode, except for like maybe like the last twenty minutes or so, and then I watched <laughs> almost all of the rest of it with her. Like there's right. a few bits that I missed, but overall, I I I watched the whole thing. I, I'd say I watched ninety six percent of it. Did you like it? Uh, for the most part, yeah. I, I thought the ending was was a little bit unsatisfying, but when you find out it's based on a true story and the events of the true story end the exact same kind of unsatisfying way, it's like, okay, now I understand the ending. Okay. Well, that makes me more excited to watch it. So, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely fucking creepy, dude. Could you imagine yeah. like getting letters like that, like talking about your children? <laughs> have, you, have your children explored the basement? Oh my god! Did you? Hey. You brought young blood into the neighborhood. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with it, man. I um, I want to tell you that I did watch uh, some of Dahmer. I I don't know if you were watching that or that's if that's that one on that I radar. watched probably about sixty percent of with Lindsay. And there were times where I was like, I know that's what you're watching, and I'm intentionally not going to be in the room with you because I don't want to see this shit. Because mm-hmm. I know if it's on in front of me, I'm going to get sucked into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my wife is the same way. She doesn't like a lot of the stuff I watch, but lo and behold, I'm watching it. And where is she sitting right there and watching it with me, you know? Um, <laughs> oh no. I, if it's like, <laughs> like, like a thriller or like serial killer shit or anything like, like Lindsay's always into watching that shit. And, and you know, some of it I watch with her and, and she's, she's definitely got me to open up more to that genre over the years. Yeah. I, I think the the big thing is it's just there's so much to watch. Like I still haven't been able to see Hellraiser, dude. Like I want to watch that, uh, the newest one on on Hulu. Um, just haven't had the time. Recently, I've been watching. Uh, I, I put this on. I, I think I put this on Facebook. Guillermo del Toro's oh, yeah. uh, Cabinet we, of we, we, Cabinet of Curiosities, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we watched the first episode of that last night. Um, with the storage okay. unit. I would love to talk about it without spoilers, but I just want to let you know that that episode was really fun to see. God, what's his name? Tim Blake Nelson, right? Yes. He, okay. First off, he looks rough. And I think that's obviously intentional for, for the character that, he's playing. Yeah, yeah, for the character. But I mean, I think the last time I saw him, like, really, really saw him uh, was Incredible Hulk. And obviously before that was like, oh, brother, where art thou? That's and, where I always think of him from is where yeah. I, whenever I see him, I'm like, oh, that's oh, brother, where art thou? Exactly. <laughs> and my my wife loves him in uh, Holes. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Uh, it's, a, it's like, yes, a, it's like I a love Disney that movie. Film. It is yeah. so good. Yeah. It's with young Shia LaBeouf and Sigourney Weaver and John exactly. Voight. Yeah, that's a yeah, great okay. movie. Okay. Awesome. I'm glad you said that Some because Stanley Yelnut shit. <laughs> love it yes that's one of but, those movies that i randomly think about at least a couple times a month for some reason something will make me think of that movie well the song the the dig it dig it on on, on dig it a r m p i to the t yes that you smell it dog that's me i ain't don't take showers and i don't brush my teeth <laughs> something like that like i it's like burned in my brain from just seeing it on disney channel because like that was out when I was, you know, younger and watching Disney Channel and it would just play randomly all the time. And yeah, that was like burned in my brain for years. And uh, but anyway, my wife like saw that uh, he was on screen. She goes, hey, it's mom. You know, I was just like, who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
and, I'm uh, pretty sure he was in the HBO Watchmen series too. Oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, let me double check that just to make sure, but I'm pretty sure he was. But that, that was really good. The HBO Watchmen series. With Jeremy Irons, right? Dude, I fucking loved it. Like, I was absolutely engrossed the whole time. I need, like I said, it's just another thing I need to watch and I just haven't. And I love that original movie uh, back in whenever it came out uh, with Zack Snyder. I thought that was really, really good. Yeah, I thought he did a good adaptation of that. Um, Yeah, it was Tim Blake Nelson. He played a, a detective in it. Because all the cops wear masks and have like kind of like personas, mm, in okay. it. and so he he he's called the Looking Glass in it, and like he wears a mask that uh, it it basically makes his entire head look like a mirror. That's cool. And okay, and as you watch the show and you find out this character's backstory, you find out that he was a little kid during the initial event that Ozymandias like fabricated, and they don't do it like. They do it comic accurate when they show it. They show it with the giant, weird brain squid monster thing teleporting into New York City and like devastating people with like a psychic attack. Holy cow. And that he barely survives. And so then he's like super paranoid about the aliens coming back because he didn't get the message that it was fake. And, you know, because <sighs> nobody in the world did because at the end of the. Spoiler, at the end of the book, a Watchmen, they decide to to keep Ozymandias' secret because he kind of forced him, forced the heroes into a corner. And and so he did this terrible, like, terrorist attack on the world to basically convince everybody in the world that there's aliens out there that are trying to kill us. And so we all need to band together. And in wow. this Watchmen series, it's like Ozymandias is now an old man. And he basically says that, you know, yeah, that worked. It worked for a time. But now the world's, you know, the doomsday clock is ticking again. Holy cow. It's, dude, it's a fucking great series. I highly recommend it. Uh, is, is it just one? How many seasons? Just one season. It's a one and done. It's like a, a one shot. Like, you can oh, pretty much look shit. at it like okay. it's a mini series. Yeah, like a limited series or whatever. Okay. I'm down. All right. And that's easier to watch if it's just one season. So mm-hmm. yeah, when Damon Lindelof, I remember him talking about it and and it was a huge success. And so HBO was like, you're going to do another season, right? And he's like, sure. And if you guys come up with a different writing team, mm, he's like, okay. he's like, I, he goes, this was the only story I had. We told it perfectly. I'm done. And right. it's like, dude, like kudos that. to you, dude. That is fucking rad. <laughs> Just to come in and like slap this dick down on the table and be like, this is all there yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he has all the power then, you know? Like, he, he's done. So I love that. So. Yeah. And and there were plenty of people that that had detractors because the role of Doc Manhattan in the HBO series is a little different. Mm-hmm. And and so there are people who are like, well, Doc Manhattan in the, in the comics was, and it's like, dude, this is it's an adaptation and it's a a sequel. Just just roll with it. But you know, internet going to internet. Yes, yeah, you can say that again. Jeez, it really saw that shit with Rings of Power. Oh, I where bet it was like it was impossible to go into some of the subreddits on it because it was just so full of people that all they wanted to do is just bitch about everything. And it's yeah. like it's like, dude, if I wanted to be a total curmudgeon, I could bitch. I could come up with stuff to bitch about in like some of my favorite movies, probably. Right. But it's like I actively choose to. No, I'm gonna just let this entertain me instead because wasn't that its purpose? Yes, it was to entertain me and for a studio to make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I yeah, can do my part and just shut my brain off and be entertained for the most part. Right. Right. 
you know, I'm, I'm not saying I can do that on everything, but yeah, I just, I didn't agree with the gripes on Rings of Power that a lot of people are bitching about online. I have a lot of problems with a lot of people that have problems with a lot of shows because, I mean, that's, that was a big thing. Like, I, I hate watched, uh, how do I say that? No, I didn't hate the show. I love watched the show, but hate fueled watched it for the haters for She-Hulk. God, there's such a better way to say that. Um, I love She-Hulk and I love oh, same. I loved how much people hated it, dude. Like, because it made me realize how insecure like people can be about a a superhero that is so adorable. Like Tatiana Mussolini is one of the most adorable people I've ever seen. (laughs) And she had the time of her life. And I've seen so many behind the scenes stuff like, dude, that show was so fun. Oh my God. No, it it was dude. I I loved that, that Marvel studios took a swing on that. And they're like, we're going to do something absolutely different. From all this other stuff that we've done, it's going to be self-referential and fourth wall breaking. It's going to be very meta in its commentary and prescient as well. Because, you know, considering that they had all those episodes written quite a quite a while before it was actually out. And it, they pretty much just predicted everything, the, yeah. the fallout around it. I mean, in, in some of the stuff that they were putting in with, you know, like people – on social media bitching about the show they were they were taking just from when the show was first announced mm-hmm. that hey she-hulk's gonna be a thing and then that's when they're writing it and people online are being like oh fucking she-hulk why is it gonna be a woman hulk blah, blah, blah. and so the <laughs> writers are like oh this is good <laughs> it's like they took note of that and yeah yeah i'm glad because yeah like i said there's just so many people that are just it's insane man like the the show is almost like a day in the life of just a regular person who can now turn into the Hulk and it's just dealing with stuff, you know, just dealing with relationships. And I think that was, that was brilliant. Um, I, it's, it's really nice because recently, uh, well, actually we just, I started this with my wife and a couple, another couple, we, uh, are ranking the, uh, phase four movie so far because black Panther's coming out, you know, and, uh, we're, we're doing all 16 of what has come out. And so, yeah, we're putting in werewolf by night and, uh, the, I am Groot series. Um, (laughs) I am Groot shorts. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. You're going to discuss those. (laughs) Yeah. dude, Cause they're fun. They're, they're fun. I, Look, I understand that. I think Marvel, like, it is becoming quantity over quality right now. It, it, um, it feels like that in some ways. I mean, is is I'm not a hater on Phase 4. I, I've still been entertained by it. But it, oh, yeah. it, I totally agree with that statement, that it does feel like quantity over quality right now, whereas the MC used to be the exact opposite of that. Yeah, I look, I'm just gonna be honest with you, man. Like some of the movies though, like especially uh and we've talked I've I've definitely had a discussion with you on another show about Doctor Strange, but um I don't know, like the movies so far in this in this uh this year just haven't been that great, you know? Like Doctor Strange was fun, but the rewatchability for me is just isn't isn't there as much as uh, some other films. But like Thor: Love and Thunder, dude, I've only seen that once, and I honestly 
could care to could not care less uh, to revisit it anytime soon, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I haven't gone back and rewatched it either. And it's I mean, it's been on streaming for a very long time now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember when the news came out. Hey, Thor's on. I was like, OK, uh, I'm good. <laughs> OK, thanks for letting me know. But man, I was just so excited for uh, what we were getting. I mean, the Guardians were going to be in it. God, the uh, God, Gore, the God Butcher and Jane Foster was coming back. And just I don't know, it just like it was a perfect storm of things that just dissipated for me. So I don't know, but yeah. I'm excited to see what Black Panther has in store for us. Agreed. And um knowing like it is it is possibly my most anticipated uh it, it has been my most anticipated comic book movie to come out even though shazam wowed the hell out of me oh did i say shazam black adam sorry dude i i really liked black adam also like i i thought it was a really really fun movie and and i enjoyed seeing a hero you know quote unquote hero that was like you know i'm not peaceful and I am I'll going kill to kill all of these <laughs> yeah. invaders in my country. And it's like, right. like, no, I, I can dig that. And, and I thought that the, the people of Kondok, when, when, when they were basically saying to the, the justice society, it's like, we've, we've been living under oppression for hundreds of years. And you guys fucking show up when we have a hero that's fighting here for us. It's like, they have a very good point. And so, um, you know, from from like a writing standpoint, there's some really good, deep thinking stuff in that movie. For sure. Uh, it, it puts like your level of morality on its head, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, and, and I thought The Rock was great in it. And he's been talking about the role for so long that it was exciting to finally see it. And um Oh, dude! The biggest news with DC though is that that uh, James Gunn's going to be one of the the creative like directors, or I, I guess let me see if I can find it so I can. Yeah, it's like a co-director. Yeah, so I know it's two will. guys. I'm fine with that because, uh, like for a while, wasn't he going to be the cosmic like ahead of the cosmic? Uh, universe for Marvel until that was the talk for a while that, that that's yeah. what he was going to be doing. I'm glad he's doing something, man. Like I, I, I think he's got a great and hell. The last time I was on here, we, we gushed about peacemaker the whole time, you yeah. know? So it's James Gunn and Peter Safran to lead the film TV and animation division. And it's like, yeah, dude, fuck. Yeah. I'm very happy with that. I'm not as familiar with Peter Safran and stuff he's done, but I mean, of course I'm familiar with James Gunn and huge fan of his work. And I, I think that that's a good mind to, to put in that position. And I, I just hope that DC is able to turn it around because they've got, I mean, at this point it might not be the same to be said anymore that, that DC has the more popular characters just because of what the MCU has done in, in, in turning essentially B list and C-list and D-list characters into household names around the majority of the world. So, yeah, I mean, we the the same day we got a trailer for the third Ant-Man movie, we got the the guy who was Superman in 2013 coming back to tell us he's still Superman. You know, like those are two titular 
characters now. Like, who would have ever thought Ant-Man versus Superman, you know, like in the news headlines, right? <laughs> yeah, no shit. And for Ant-Man to have his own trilogy <laughs> from 2015 to 2023 and and uh, Superman getting one movie, one solo movie out of the out of the pantheon of everything that we've gotten. You know, it's just it's mind boggling to me. Oh, so. it's, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous just how hard Warner Brothers have dropped the ball over and over and over again. And so I really hope that this ends up being a smart decision for him. I want to see James Gunn and Peter Safran be very successful with this because there's so many great characters and, and so many classic storylines that they could pull from to give us really great movies. And yeah. And also with the working relationship between James Gunn and Kevin Feige, this is also the greatest chance to maybe someday see a DC Marvel crossover. But I don't want to see a DC Marvel crossover until DC can really stand on its own with right. with a track record of good films. Well, I mean, probably by the time that happens, we'll be seeing like Young Avengers versus like the Justice League 1, 1.0, you know, like it'll <laughs> it'll be something like that because, I mean, we're already running out of our heavy ringers in the MCU, um, you know, so like I don't know, like it it'll all be very interesting. But um I wanted to stick on James Gunn for a second because, uh, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 um, – I mean, obviously, we have the holiday special, which looked awesome. I'm glad we got that <laughs> Dude, trailer. Dude, that, that you trailer know? looked so much fun. <laughs> I've it, seen it, it like looked, four times. Yeah, yeah same. It. it looked fucking bonkers. I can't believe that they actually brought uh, – <laughs> Kevin Bacon? <laughs> they brought Kevin Bacon into it. That is shit is so fucking funny. <laughs> it's it's great because I mean, you know, he's got a good relationship with Kevin Bacon because of Super, you know? So <laughs> Oh, I totally forgot that Kevin Bacon was the bad guy in that for a moment. That's right. He's you know, he's the one that said, you know, like, hey, just some great fucking eggs, man. You know, like you gotta remember. <laughs> These uh, are some great fucking eggs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, so there's there's something really cool that might be happening. I'm saying might as in like it's like a 60% chance that I will be in LA for the uh, premiere of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Ooh. Yeah. I got a buddy who uh, has been to like who's been invited to every premiere since um granted the black panther one just happened too and he was invited to that but he decided he's gonna sit out on that one because like he wanted he wanted as many people of like uh that culture to experience it and he's like i can only i can only really uh cosplay as as everett ross you know for it to not be uh culturally insensitive you know so he's like i i'm just gonna i'm just gonna sit this one out but uh he he and i were talking about guardians 3 and he's like yeah dude i know how how much you love those those movies and yeah so he's he's definitely he wants to take me so dude that's super exciting i know i can't wait i whew, like it's gonna be a lot of fun man i just hope it all works out um i'm currently getting a cosplay ready for star lord um volume two I'm I'm going a Star Lord uh, Guardians Volume Two because that's my favorite outfit of his with the with the blue shirt and like the the casual jacket, if you will. So <laughs> nice, yeah. I, I guess the only bad part about that is you have to go to Los Angeles. Yeah, 
Yeah. Because <laughs> we're Midwesterns here, and ah, I don't want to, like, ugh, California. <laughs> keep keep it. Keep your California over there. Well, yeah. What's funny is that my 12-year-old is, like, obsessed with Los Angeles, and he's always talking about it. Every time he says it, I'm like, dude, I'm like, you must realize that it is a shithole that is, like, overrun mm-hmm. with, like, like, like it's it's just overrun with people living in tents on the sides of roads and shit. It is, it is a city of failed policy and wasted fucking money. Yep. Like it's yep. it's tragic to me that that that's what it's come down to. And, and but, being a liberal person, also, it bums me out to watch liberal policies fail so hard somewhere where it's like, oh, what the fuck is happening? That you guys are just pouring. <laughs> Billions yeah. of dollars into this problem and still sliding further and further into the hole. Like, what's really going on there, gentlemen? Yeah, but they got an in and out. So <laughs> that's all I got for you. I love I love seeing uh, this is a total tangent, but I love seeing Kevin uh, Shanks's review of In and Out on Twitter oh, the other yeah. night. Fucking cracked me awesome. up, being like, like, why are you guys always talking about this? This is. This is regular fast food fare. This is not an amazing burger. And I'm like, oh, shots fired. <laughs> I've heard uh, somebody say it's just a cleaner McDonald's. So I, I mean, take <laughs> I've that never had well. it before. So, so I, I can't speak to it. But me either. We were on vacation somewhere. And at this point, it might have been when we were in Colorado. Maybe not, though. Not important. We were somewhere where they had in and out. And and so we were like, oh, well, let's go get that for supper. That looks fun. And as we get closer to the place, there is literally a line of maybe 30 to 50 cars. Like it no. was wrapping around multiple blocks. And there was like people in aprons way like 100 yards away from the stores just standing out on street corners like guiding traffic for their drive through. And I was like, That's that insane. is fucking stupid. We're going to go to Culver's instead. <laughs> Yo, those cheese curds at Culver's man are unmatched. Dude, Culver's is really, really good. And, yeah, dude. and 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 going by Kevin Shanks's review of In and Out, if, if he's saying it's just pretty good fast food, then it's like, okay, well, I'll go to Culver's instead because I know that's excellent, like quote unquote fast food. Right, right, yeah, top tier, man. The strawberry field salad. <laughs> it's all good, man. Yeah, I, I, I almost always food. get a burger of some sort when I go there. They're, those butter burgers are so fucking good. You ever had a mushroom Swiss one there? Yes. Oh yeah, dude. I, I've had almost Lather all their me. sandwiches. But when I, I work fully remote now for my job, mm-hmm. and I, I have for years at this point, but um, when I was actually in the office, one of the close, like the closest, like fast food option was a Culver's. And so I would eat Culver's sometimes three, four times a week. It was kind of sad. Um, Yikes. Yeah. But, but I mean, over hey, the course of that, I tried many different sandwiches. <laughs> 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 Their tenderloin's pretty good too. Fair. But I'm living in Iowa, dude, I'm so spoiled on tenderloins to where if I order a tenderloin and it's a regular size sandwich, I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I'm like, I just ordered a breaded tenderloin. Why isn't right. this thing as big as like a fucking like record? <laughs> like that's how big a tenderloin. A tenderloin. A tenderloin is supposed to be so fucking big that when it shows up, you laugh at how small the bun looks on it. Right. Yeah, dude. I well, yeah. Don't come over here then, please. Okay. <laughs> Get those because, little bitch ass tenderloins. Yeah, you say rec- you say record length. We're we're talking maybe like forty five. 
you know, like less, <laughs> less than that probably. So see, and that's a sad tenderloin to me. A tenderloin yeah. should be a giant fucking sandwich. Probably CD length, man. We're that's probably what we're talking. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, that is a bitch ass there. tenderloin. Fuck that. It's <laughs> funny. Um, I, I live in this small little town and we've got like actually like a really nice restaurant here now that was built within the last couple of years and the tenderloins they have there are the fucking bomb dude. What's uh what's the restaurant called? I, I It's called uh, Whiskey River Grill, which is like kind of a generic ass name, but they've got some very good food. Sometimes the generic ass names like places are the best. We have a chicken spot around here called Jay's. Like it's just called Jay's Chicken. And Dude, dude, dude. The, they have like their own sauce and everything. And uh, you, what you get there is a chicken biscuit. And if you want to get frisky, get their like all American omelet. And it's, I mean, it's, it's go on. You feel, you feel <laughs> so bad afterwards, but you know, you're sitting there with like green peppers with a full peppers. tummy. That's like equal <laughs> amounts of shame as well. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, I, I feel absolutely disgusting afterwards, but <laughs> it's all worth it. You know what I mean? Sounds like a place I want to visit. <laughs> yeah. Hash browns. Oh my God, dude. Just, it's great. It's, it's all great. And, uh, but dude, okay. So this weekend, um, and I know that this episode, what comes out Saturday, Sunday, something like yeah, that. Yeah, Saturday. Okay. Well, then this still tracks. But this weekend, uh, my wife and I are going to a wedding. And no, it's not a Halloween-themed wedding. They're not that fun, I guess. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're going back to our, our college, our college town where we met, you know. And uh, there's this restaurant there called Cookout. Have you ever had Cookout? No, no. Have you ever heard of Cookout? Nope. So it's almost like a Southern place, I would say. Like it's mostly like you go from Kentucky, Tennessee, and then down to Florida. That obviously the South, but uh, like that's that's mostly where you'll find it. And I'm shitting you not, dude. Like you can get a burger, a hot dog, and like chili cheese fries all for five bucks. Whoa. A tray. It's called a tray. And uh, you can add $2 and get a freaking shake with it. And like there are 40 different flavors in of, of shakes that you can get with any Whoa. topping that you think of. Yeah. Woo. So we're going to be visiting that because we don't have that where we are. And it's so popular that my sister-in-law, when we told her, she goes, you're going to give me some food then? Like, yeah, yeah we'll hit you up. <laughs> but that's like one of the key things that I'm excited about. Not the wedding. I could care less about the wedding food. It's a cookout, dude. So if you guys ever go down south, especially around Florida, you know, I don't know if you guys vacation, go to the beach and stuff around Florida or like. Uh, never, I've never been, but we almost went there. For our honeymoon. Okay. But, but we got married in late September, and that's like fucking hurricane season. And so we were like, yeah, let's go to the mountains and go hiking instead. Yeah, that that tracks with you. I understand that completely. <laughs> I like sitting on a beach and getting drunk. You know, like that That sounds like more fun, um, mostly just getting drunk. But I'm serious. <laughs> Anytime you're in the South, I'm serious. Try cookout. It's it's definitely worth trying. Like that is something that you definitely do need to try other than uh, um, in and out. And I'm talking to you, Kevin. You need to try cookout, dude, if you haven't. But 
I don't know. I just, I feel like Kevin is like the end all be all like he sees all like he's done it all, you know? So <laughs> I feel like he's already had cookout, you know, but he's our Rubenesque world traveler. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just, I love, I love Kevin. Any, oh, anytime dude, great guy. Pops up on my, on my feed, on my Twitter. I'm just always invested in what he has to say. <laughs> well, he's always posting pictures of a, a place that's in Indianapolis called Between the Bun. Oh, Between the my Buns, God. Something like yeah. that. And like, it's Between always really amazing looking burgers. Yeah. And, and this spring, we went on vacation. We did our family vacation in Ohio. And we went hiking in this region in southern Ohio called Hawking Hills, uh-huh. which is, oh, my God, dude. If you ever want to go hiking someplace that's just the most amazing like it's these sandstone gorges that you're going hiking through and there's waterfalls everywhere along the hike and just absolutely amazing. I, I 10 out of 10 would absolutely recommend everybody to check out the Hawking Hills area in Ohio. Um, okay. But uh, on the way back, I was like, Hey, we're going to be going into through Indianapolis right around lunchtime. We should totally stop and go to this between the buns place that Shanks is always posting about. But then when it actually got to the point where we were driving through Indianapolis, it was like that point in the drive home where it's like, fuck it, just keep driving. Yeah. Oh, I totally <laughs> get that. It's like I, I am not getting off this freeway. And also, like, Indianapolis was just a shit show to drive through at that point in the spring. I, I It's a big city, so it's probably always like a roadwork shit show. But, oh, my God, mm-hmm. it was rough. And I was yeah. like, I just need to get through this fucking town as fast as possible. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. But, yeah. but then afterwards, I was like, fuck, I missed out on that place, man. I bet that would have been an amazing lunch had we stopped and gotten the burger. I, I'm, Next time, I, dude. I think I like sandwiches more than Joey Tribbiani from Friends. Though, I, so. I love you. I just have to say that. <laughs> dude, I, I love sandwiches. I fucking of every, love sandwiches. Of every type. Like, like you throw some meat between two pieces of bread and jazz it's it up over. with some stuff, and I'm yeah. going to be happy. Like, like, I got made fun of by another by somebody that I used to eat out with a lot. Um, like, he would get pissed that I would get sandwiches so much. He's like, do something else. And I'm like, fuck you, no. You know, like, I'm, <laughs> this is my comfort, man. I'm going to so eat it. Why are you trying to dictate my happiness? Yeah. And then, you like, food fascist. We, we went to a place with, like, rolls and steak and everything. I put steak in between two rolls, dude. I was like, let's fucking try this, you know? I'm that making a it. steak sandwich, bitch. <laughs> I love it. And someone like that. that, yeah. that I can only butter. imagine somebody looking oh. at you in a steakhouse doing that and going, what the fuck is that guy doing? <laughs> like, I'm living my best life, Hoss. You leave me alone. Right. Oh, dude, I'm so glad you said that. I love sandwiches. Pastrami. Give me a fucking Cuban sandwich. Oh, God. Yes, dude. A Cuban is so fucking good. And it, there's just something beautiful about it being smashed down, man. Yeah. The uh, like Cuban it's, is it's good. It's science. Um, huge. I went through a huge Reuben phase. Um, Love Reubens. Probably about Fuck six me. months ago. I kept telling my wife, I was like, I was like, buy corned beef, buy me sauerkraut, Thousand Island dressing, and some rye bread. Oh, my God. I was like, because I'm making Reubens, and I started making them myself. And, dude, they were so much better than Reubens I would get other places. Oh, yeah. Do you – 
they, you don't realize this, but like you make the best shit. Like you yourself, not not. I've never tried anything you make, but like you, <laughs> I was like, like you would be goddamn you know, impressed with the burgers I make in my backyard. <laughs> you know what you like the most. You know what I mean. And so yeah, like yeah. you're gonna you're gonna create it to the best of your ability. Um, but fuck, man, I love making my own burgers, but I just I don't have the the equipment to do it other than like a stovetop. So like I can't wait to because we're still in an apartment. Uh, I can't wait to get my own house, get a grill. Fucking my my uh, father in law made these burgers once, dude. You're gonna fucking lose your mind. He he made these burgers on Fourth of July. I still talk about it, and this was like seven years ago. Um, they're like shaped like shaped like volcanoes with cheese and like cream cheese and fucking jalapenos inside the the like volcano crevice or whatever you call it, and then you bake and wrap it. And then you put it on a, on a bun and God, dude, I don't, I don't know. Like there's nothing better. Like putting that all in your mouth after it being on the grill and the, and everything just, oh God, just thinking about it. That's kind of like a juicy Lucy. That's where they take yeah. Like, like, yeah, like, like two patties and put like a big bunch of cheese in the middle and then mush them together. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to tell you something else um, since we're on, on the, Topic of sandwiches. Fuck. What was it? It was – oh, one of my favorite sandwiches is a patty melt, dude. Oh, I yeah, dude. Patty, patty melts melt. are fucking great. I'll get them at the greasiest diner you can think of, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, fuck yeah. And that and hash browns, oh, my god, dude. You get you, – dude. Speaking of it. diner sandwiches, open face sandwiches are so good. It's There's nothing like it, man. Like you just that's, – that's where they just thrive is just in the in the – Sandwich department, the grease, all of it is just perfect. God, I, we sound. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was this restaurant that that opened up in the small town that I grew up in that specialized in tenderloins. And it was the first place I ever went to where the, like I was saying earlier, the giant fucking breaded tenderloins. First place right. I ever saw one of those. And they did a, a tenderloin, like a, a hot sandwich, tenderloin, a hot sandwich tenderloin. Where you would order that, and instead of the tenderloin being on like bread on a bun, it would be on bread, and then mm-hmm. they'd have the whole thing cut in half, and a big scoop of mashed potatoes in between the two sandwich halves, and then they'd cover the whole thing in brown gravy, and then you just eat it with a fork. Fucking amazing! I mean, it's it's, it, it's probably the reason that I'm almost three hundred pounds. I was gonna, it's, <laughs> but it, and but you're alive like, to it was, tell it, you know, it was like that's such a tasty sandwich, like. <laughs> Our our poor poor hearts. That's all I gotta say. You know, like we, <laughs> I've got very good cardio. Like oh, that, that's, that's one thing yeah. I will say is that I like yeah I've I've got very I, got, I still got a sort of very strong heart. Like um, a couple of weeks ago, I had the week off on vacation. We went hiking in a different state park every day, and every hill that we went to the top of, like I smoked my whole family. That's and, awesome. And the whole time, like. Like my twelve year old is like trailing behind me, I'm like, I'm so tired, my legs are gonna fall off, I can't breathe, and I'm like, There's no way that I have better cardio than you. It's just your head telling you that you need to quit. Trust me, your body's got so much more left in the tank. Ignore yeah. the little voice and beat me to the top of this fucking hill. He didn't, but I think he could have. <laughs> could you please come with me to the gym? Like I, I literally just might <laughs> honestly just audio vlogs of just you talking to me while I'm at the gym telling me, come on, lift it one more time, you piece of shit. Well, okay, just remember this. The next time that you're doing something physically strenuous and that little mm-hmm. voice 
the voice of the little bitch in your heart is telling you, screaming at you, you can't keep doing this. You have to quit. You don't have enough left in the tank. You can't do this anymore. That voice is a fucking liar. That voice is an auto alarm that pops off when you've still got 60% left in the tank. Wow. Trust me. That voice pops up in your head. You've still got over half left in the tank. But that little voice convinces you that you don't. And I don't know if it's a survival instinct or what, but you just ignore that voice and just keep pushing because trust me, it's there. You can do it. You just got to not listen to that voice. Damn it, Joe. You're inspirational, buddy. <laughs> if I was that inspirational, I'd be 200 pounds and I'd be fucking <laughs> solid muscle. <laughs> hey, I wanted I wanted to tell you something. Um, I don't know. I think the last time we talked, um, I was teaching. Did I did I tell you that I I uh, I did a career change? Well, and and I kind of knew that through social media that you were a music teacher, and right. and then that you you went a different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just. One, I wanted to take a break from teaching just to see what else is out there. And yeah, right now I'm working for a package company. Like I'm just working for for FedEx. Hey, good for you, dude. I mean, ultimately you got to follow what makes you happy. And and I know there's plenty of people who grow up and go to school thinking I'm going to be a teacher. And then they start doing it and they see the reality of it and they get super disenfranchised by it because they're like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. This is... There's not enough support systems in place to make this successful. And like I, I, I totally get it when people step into a career and then realize, oh shit, this is not what it's purported to be. And then ultimately go and find something that makes you happy. And that's what life is all about. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I I I I think like I have this uh this theory, and this might just be me being stupid, you know, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. Um there there's this theory that I have that like so many kids want to be teachers because think about it, like out of every field that you see in the workforce, you see teachers the most, you know, and it's like almost a, a little bit of a comfort, like, oh, I could do something like this, you know, because like you see a teacher every day and like you don't you don't get to like voluntarily watch a firefighter or see an accountant or whatever. And that's why I think there, there are a lot of teachers out there or like people in college that want to go into teaching because it's just, it's a comfort thing. That's what I, I, I always thought of it. Like, because it was the only job that I saw for the bulk of my childhood because I was with a teacher all the time. You know, I don't know if that sounds stupid. No, it but- makes a lot of sense, especially because human beings are, are very monkey see monkey do oriented. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just going to give you an instance. Like when I was in college, man, there are probably, I want to say 300. No, let's see. There are 130. uh, I know I totally butchered that number. 130 music uh, educators, like starting out my freshman year. Right. And when I graduated with the same class, there were seven. Oh, wow. That is quite an attrition rate. Yes, um, because people realize there are there is other stuff to do. I know like this one person that changed her major four times 
uh, because they're like teaching. I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to do education. Now they're in OSHA. Like they, they worked in a occupational safety hazard and they're fucking happier than they ever were, you know, because they're, th- and then like we would swap stories and he goes, I don't know how the fuck I would have been in a classroom. Like he just, he <laughs> loves his job so much. And I think it is, it's seriously just the mindset of you see this for so long, as you were saying, monkey see monkey do. Um, but yeah, I mean, just 130 to seven, dude, like it's just insane to me. And um, I mean, I was just determined to get done because I was like, th- I set my mind to this and I'm going to fucking do it. And I taught for four years. It's not like I did it one year and threw in the towel. But, you know, this pandemic and everything really put a lot of things into light. And just I, I'm. Long story short, I'm just going to say that I I think that what I'm doing now is a lot of fun. Like I got off work today and I had all this energy and look, here I am talking to you. And like, I, dude, I'm, (laughs) this is like an epiphany. I apologize, but I'm having the best time of my life right now. Like I have never been this happier. That's good. I'm really, really happy to hear that, dude. And because you know that's that's what it's all about is that you only get this one life and why spend it doing something that's not going to ultimately satisfy you and if you're in a position in your life where you can make that change which is right now i mean you're newly married you don't have kids yet this is the time to start figuring that stuff out before you're really under the gun of oh jesus christ i have a mortgage every month and i got to keep mm-hmm. paying to to feed these fucking kids that they're just <laughs> Just black holes. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they're not open the pantry. Anything, just you shit know, disappears. <laughs> I, uh, I, I really, uh, not to like get too much into like a heart, heart to heart here. Um, but like, I really equate a lot of just the struggling and stuff with my mom because I mean, she, she went through all of that, you know, like she did a uh, career change, while she had me and my little brother and you know like we had a house and my dad was laid off for like five years like we had we had a bunch of stuff like that happen to us you know where at one point like we couldn't afford our house and we had to ask you know our our uh our grandparents for money and stuff like that and like because of those stories i always think like i need to be i need to be established where i'm at now ish like to to an extent if you will so that in the future i'm not scrambling or anything because i saw how stressful it was and i i know that it was stressful and i'm and i was just you know i was a younger kid i was like a teenager at the time and so i only knew so much you know what i mean but um i i see that and like there's nobody that I look up to more than more than my own mother and the, the shit that she went through to like, keep us happy and keep and make sure that even on a Christmas, we still got everything we wanted and all that. Like I'm very blessed to have someone like that in my life. And, um, she, I look up to her immensely. And like, I just, I knew that if I stayed in teaching, I could have maybe had something like that happening to me further down the road. And I didn't want to do that to my wife. When we, right now we are, we're pretty, we're as free as we're going to be, you know, no kids or anything. And, uh, things are really good. I, I, I would say. And so 
just knowing that uh, I just keep that in the back of my head and that life experience I had so that um, we can I can always just create a better life, you know, for the future. Dude, that's really smart. Um, I, I remember years ago, um, my my in-laws had this super religious neighbor that he had a bumper sticker on the back of his truck that said uh, the fear of something along the lines of the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. I remember always looking at that and being like, I kind of disagree. And the older I get, I think the beginning of wisdom is to be able to learn from the pain of others. Right. Because to me, pain and failure are some of the greatest teachers that I've ever encountered in life. And the, the, the pain of, you know, the, the, I mean, pain and failure can, it's a great teacher because the lessons it teach you are very hard to forget because it puts you into a bad spot that you got to grind to get out of. And, yeah. and if you can learn from other people's pain and failure, then that is the beginning of wisdom to me because you're not having to go through those hard times yourself. You're able to observe those hard times and see potential ways around them. So the fact that as a kid, you were able to learn those lessons, those lessons from struggles your parents went through that's really, really smart because, I mean, generationally, generationally, that's really the only way that you start to overcome stuff like that and not repeat the same mistakes that your parents made over and over again is that if you could learn those lessons and retain them into adulthood, and when you come to those pitfalls, remember, oh, oh, I remember when I remember when my mom went through this. I'm mm-hmm. not going to make that same choice. I'm going to learn that lesson from it. And that's really smart, dude. It's it's good that it's good that you've come to this conclusion as young as you have because you you know have the time to to get that squared away right now and right um this is a total tangent but going back to the music teacher thing it it popped into my head uh earlier this week I had the most bizarre fucking dream <laughs> I I don't usually remember my dreams usually I start to remember them and start to organize them in my mind and it's almost like the dream is being stored in a large carafe of water and right. as i oh. start to talk about it it's like there's a, a hand in my mind that just pushes that carafe over and all the water which is like basically my memory of the dream spills all over the table runs down the floor and it's all gone yeah and, and so usually i only remember just little brief glimpses of dreams and usually they just confuse me um but for whatever reason this dream i woke up and it stuck with me and I don't know why it stuck with me, because as you're about to find out, it's fucking weird. Um, I had a dream that I was somewhere and like this little tiny dog, like a Shih Tzu or like a Lhasa Apso, you know, some little cute dog like that came up and it started talking to me like with a human voice. And Ooh. I come to find out that it was my my sixth and seventh grade band teacher that was oh my talking gosh. to me. Weird shit. And you know how like dream reality, you just accept stuff and just roll with it. Yeah, and like so you thought like, it was normal. Yeah, and so I just had this conversation with with my band teacher, and then later on, I'm like talking to these people at this party, and we start talking about how crazy the world is. And I'm like, dude, you want to know crazy? I just had a conversation with a dog. Turns out it was my middle school band teacher. We live in a weird world, right? <laughs> what the fuck? What is going on with my brain, Quentin? Why, why did it make that? I've been asking myself all week, what does that mean? Dude, why, I, why was I Mrs. Graham a dog? Why did I readily accept that? Mrs. Graham. Yeah, dude. I, I I wish I could help you there. I don't. I don't know. But it's like there's all, I feel like there's always a meaning with the dream and and such. I mean, that's what we're told to believe. But like, 
Fuck if, fuck if I know. There's dude. no meaning like, in that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You might that's, have. That's bong resin from 20 years ago. It's just <laughs> cutting loose from my fucking brain cavity. <laughs> oh, it's a scotch breath. Yeah, catch it up to you, you know? Oh, let's talk about scotch. <laughs> Please. Yeah. I wanted. Yeah, I was waiting for this. Oh, my God. Okay. This is a good time to talk about it because I've, I've had a fair amount of it to drink during this episode. I'm kind of three sheets to the wind at this point. <laughs> Yeah, so, woohoo, that was good. I'm, like, really into scotch now, which is weird. Um, so I was listening to the Morally Flexible podcast. Of course. And so that's hosted by uh, Josh Haywood. Really, really great show. Highly recommend people to check that out if you've never never listened to it. It's really, really fun. And so they do a section towards the beginning of every show where they talk about what they're drinking. And this would have been the week before last I was listening and they were drinking a bottle of scotch called the Templeton. And they were and I know nothing about scotch. A long time ago, so this would have been in 2006 when Lindsay and I bought our house. I bought a pint bottle of Jack Daniels, being like this is going to be good. I've heard good things about this stuff. I opened it up, took one drink and I was like, this is fucking terrible." <laughs> put the cap on it, put it away, and then eventually my wife's younger brother got old enough to wear he he got old enough to drink, and he was like, "Hey, I like whiskey." And I'm like, "I got a fucking present for you. <laughs> like, how about <laughs> how about a nice little pint of black jet, black uh, Jack Daniels that's only missing two ounces? <laughs> so here you go. I bequeath this to you." And so I hadn't had it in forever, and I'm listening to these guys talk about the Singleton, and I'm like, "Oh, this is really this sounds really good." They're talking about how it's got all these fruity notes. At one point, Josh says, this is this is a fruit punch of scotch. And so in my head, I'm like, this shit's going to taste like Tahitian treat. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> and so I, I look it up online. I'm like, I'm going to get me some fruit punch scotch. This is going to be fucking rad. I go, I have to make a special trip to a store that I never go to to buy this shit. And it's like $44.99 for the bottle. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, fruit punch. Get it. And so Come on, I get, Joe. I, Come on, Joe. I get home and open it up and I smell it. And I'm like, oh, that does not smell fruity. Uh-uh. I pour a little bit in a glass, take a, like a, I smell it. And I'm like, it's right back to that Jack Daniels smell. And I'm like, this isn't good. You're not going to like this. You spent almost $50 on this. You have oh to. You, you're going to fucking like this. You're going to drink this bottle, you dumb fuck. Did you really think whiskey was going to taste like fruit punch? And in my head, I'm like, they have whiskey that tastes like peanut butter. Screwball's good shit. That's tastes, true. Tastes like peanut butter. Why wouldn't this taste like fruit punch? He says it, he said it tastes like fruit punch. And so I listened to the episode again and I'm like, no, he said it is the fruit punch of scotch. That to as somebody who drinks scotch all the time, this is really easy and great to drink, and you can drink a lot of it. Mm-hmm. There's no like spiciness, no burn to it really, like like other scotches have, apparently. And so I'm like, all right, I made this $50 mistake. I'm going to fucking drink this. And I am I shit you not, dude. By the third drink, I was like, I fucking like scotch. <laughs> <laughs> it took me three glasses to get there. Oh, my and, gosh. And dude. I'm such a dork. I had to Google how to how to drink scotch. I'm like, right. what is the proper way to drink this? And so then I looked it up and I found out, oh, like if, if you're drinking it neat, you just put a couple drops of water into your little two ounce serving and then chase it with a drink of water. And I'm like, that is the secret to drinking scotch. And then I found out that if you put ice in it and you want to drink it on the rocks, that you should get like really big blocky ice cubes with like purified or spring water. 
And mm-hmm. so I bought a, a special ice cube tray that makes these big giant skull ice cubes. <laughs> Why are you so perfect, dude? And oh my God, dude, I fucking love scotch now. And so then I, I texted Josh Haywood and told him, I was like, dude, I bought that bottle of Singleton and it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> and 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 he was like, hey, that's actually a really good one for you to start out on. He goes, well, I would recommend trying Monkey Shoulder. He's like, that's my favorite one, and it's it's more of like a like a legit Scotch where you're gonna get like that burn with it. Ooh. And so like he's telling me that like I think it was like on my lunch break or something like that that I'm texting him. And so the, by the time I'm off work. I'm like telling my wife, I'm like, I'm running to the liquor store. <laughs> so I went in and got a bottle of the Monkey Shoulder, and that's what I'm drinking tonight, dude. And it's fucking so good. Uh, dude, send me a picture of the bottle if you if you will later on if you want. Oh yeah, I will. So, yeah, I I've you're actually got one in my like, phone library because I texted it to Haywood and I was like, look what I got. <laughs> you're making me want to like after this episode go go and go get some bourbon, dude. Or not bourbon, sorry. Uh, I, well, okay. Like, scotch is great, and but like I've grown up drinking bourbon, like because I went to school in Kentucky. That's oh, like there their, you go. That's their thing, man. And my roommate, <laughs> that and White Lightning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, my roommate loved Jim Beam, dude. Have you had Jim Beam? No, but I'm actually drinking out of a Jim Beam black glass right now. Years wow. ago, I worked in a liquor department. And you know how around the holidays, you can go in and get like a like a fifth of whiskey, and it'll come with like a decorative glass? Uh-huh. Well, at the end of the holidays, when all those things would be left over, they would just open up all those boxes, put this, the bottle on the shelf, and then just be like, hey, does anybody want this, you know, fill in the blank glass, tumbler, right, right. shot yeah. glass, you know, any of the little thing that otherwise we're just throwing them away. And so I got two of these matching Jim Beam black glasses a long time ago. I'm going to need a picture of that, too. <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you. Well, what's funny, too, is that when I was – I just recently found them in storage. This These Jim Beam whiskey glasses have been in storage for like 20 years or so up overhead in my garage. Wow. And so I just re- found them recently, and I was like, oh, these are great glasses. I'm getting them out. And then as soon as I got that bottle of scotch, I was like, I know right what I'm going to drink it out of. <laughs> Look at you. All the – all the like the, the – I, I told you. I Googled how to drink it. I'm a dork. No. <laughs> Hey, you're, you spent the money. You want to know how to use it. You know what I'm saying? Well, it was it was like, yeah, I've got this nearly $50 bottle of scotch that when I first opened it, I was like, oh, I've made a tactical error. Tactical and so, error. And so I was like, I, was like, I need to Gotta figure out it. how to actually drink this. And <laughs> I really like it, though, because it's like I'm not the biggest drinker. And so the biggest reason that I usually want to drink is to get some sort of buzz. And mm-hmm. so it's like if I can just drink like – a couple small little glasses of scotch with ice in it and just chase it with water. No, I'm drinking water with it. So that makes me feel good. Right. Yeah. But, but apparently like two ounces of scotch dehydrates me way more than 20 ounces of water that I chase it with. So it's fucking <laughs> weird. <laughs> my, uh, my roommate and I used to drink Jim Beam with Mountain Dew. Oh, wow. It's not good, dude. It doesn't it's, sound good. <laughs> it's not good. It's not But it gets you drunk. You know, like oh, I bet it gets you very fucking drunk. <laughs> yeah, so like that's why we did it. We we'd start our night uh, before we go to a party or a night in where we would just sit in the room drunk and listen to Daft Punk and dance. Um, Ooh, which album? Uh, Discovery. That's oh, like the only so album good. we could. Like that album is so fucking amazing. Or Human After All. I mean, those two albums are were always on repeat. But uh, did you guys listen to Homework much? 
homework dude defunk get out of here man i love it around around the world world, scratching fire uh uh on fire Uh, maybe it's just fire i don't know that was one of those albums to where i listened to that one on repeat i was absolutely obsessed with homework when i first got it yeah it's like that punk is like the easiest thing you could listen to and i remember absolutely we went to a party um we went to a party, and like I said, before we go to the party, this is our pregame, we drink four shots of bourbon each, you know, like idiots. And then we oh just. Oh my God. <laughs> like, walking distance. We never, I never drove. I, no, not, not even. Hey, not good even. on you, dude. That's smart. Thank you. But, um, drinking and driving, very dangerous, very costly, potentially fatal thing potentially fatal to you or somebody else's mistake so definitely not worth especially in the age of uber and cell phones hell yeah it's like dude suck it up pay for that ride home don't don't drink and drive or just walk you know like obviously if you're in the middle of nowhere it's a little harder but um first off don't go to a party in the middle of nowhere anyway but uh we went to we went to this this party and it was me and my roommate and then like a bunch of uh people we knew ish but they were all like very country. And so like the only thing they were playing was a lot of country music. And so I was like, dude, we got to like liven this party up, you know, and it's just him and I saying this while everybody else is actually having fun. So we put on Daft Punk and like, I tell you what, that party went so silent. Like nobody <laughs> moved Man, a what muscle. what the fuck is this? Yeah. And we're over there. <laughs> put like, on yeah, some fucking Merle. <laughs> this is music, you know, and God, it was stupid. Yeah, we never went to that party again. I did that at a party one time where I did not read my audience, and there was these two, uh, there was these two girls at the party, and they were talking about how they got invited by some guys to go to Iowa City, and they're like, "We're gonna go see some DJ named like Richie Houghton," and I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" I'm like, you're going to see fucking Richie Houghton. And they're like, who is that? And so I ran out to my car and got his Dex Effects and 909 set. And I was like, prepare to be blown away and put it on. And it's just like. <laughs> you know, and like everybody in this party is just staring at me like fucking put Slayer back on. This oh is not God. awesome. And I'm like, you guys suck. I'm like, this fucking album is amazing. <laughs> I fucking love oh, Dex Effects in 909. I have it saved. I have the SoundCloud link bookmarked on my phone because I still go and listen to it about once a month. God, I wish like we grew up together. We would have, yeah, we would have thrived, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, like growing up in rural Iowa and like being interested in the shit that I was in, like it was like if if it was mainstream, like I I I couldn't be into it. I didn't <laughs> allow myself to be into it. Fuck that. Oh my gosh! And, I love and, it. Yeah, so I was very counterculture growing up. Like, like I remember like discovering Green Day and then be like, Green Day's the fucking shit. And then lots of other people around school are like, I really like Green Day. I'm like, you suck. You can't like Green Day. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, I feel you, man. Like, did you know they used to be a punk band? No, fuck you. You only know Dookies. <laughs> <laughs> you never listen to 1,039 Smooth Dut Slappy Hours, Paper Lanterns. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, man, dude. 2,000 Light Years Away, dude. Paper Lanterns is such a fucking beautiful song. It's, in my opinion, it's one of the best songs that Green Day's done. I wow, I love that you just said that. I I have to tell you something. Um, Green Day is my favorite band ever. I had a sneaking suspicion that you were a giant fan, and I didn't I, think that we yeah. brought it up before. And so I'd made a mental note like you have to talk to Quentin about Green Day this time. 
<laughs> I'm glad that uh, it's come to this. But yeah, dude, I love I, I mean, I've seen them. I think I've only seen them twice. And um, I mean, American Idiot is my all time favorite album. Um, I, I'm 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 in that yeah, like dude, weird... Jesus of Suburbia. It's such a great medley. Fucking I can play every that was the first album. Like whenever I learned how to play guitar, that was the first album I learned. You know, like I, I loved it that much. And, um, I've already gone, I've gone through like three different CDs of just that album, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> That's incredible. I fucking loved it, man. Like I, I had it on my CD player. I took, I took it to every like car that I was going to be riding in. I'm like, Hey, we're going to listen to this. Cause this is great. <laughs> um, what did you think of 21st century breakdown? So, I mean, that album, we waited five years for it, you know? Um, and I, Side note, that was the first time I got to see him was on that tour, was uh, 21st Century Breakdown. I loved – I was obsessed with that album. I think it's I think it's great. I love, I love the album. I think it has a great message. It's not as uh, – it's not as um, – what's the word? Fuck. There's not like a the- – there, there is, but it's not as thematic as American Idiot. Um, I think it's a little sloppier with it, but – one of my like my all time favorite song is on that album, uh, "Last Night on Earth." Dude, I text a postcard meant to you. Yeah, that's my favorite <laughs> fucking Green Day song, dude. I still remember all the words to it. I fucking love it. Um, that's the one album that like I can put on in my car and karaoke the whole thing, and have a blast doing the entire thing. Like "Viva La Gloria," both both of them, yes. "Restless Heart Syndrome," yes, "Horseshoes," "See and the Lights," "Horseshoes." Are- I'm not fucking around. I'm not like fucking I, around. It's so oh, fucking great. <laughs> I, I love the um, only almost really count. Only almost really counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Wait, maybe I'm not the. What does he say? It's in the chorus. Maybe I'm not runner up, but I'm the first one to lose maybe the race. You're the runner up. You're the first one to finish last, or something like that. Yeah, I uh, fucking. Give me all the runner up. You're the first one to finish with. Almost only really counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. grenades. Yeah. <laughs> Demolition. <laughs> I love it, dude. I've got to burn it all down. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I mean, did you ever drop off of Green Day? Okay. So, like I said, like I discovered Green Day in like the like early to mid 90s. Basically, like yeah, when the, peak, the, the, the first time that I heard Longview on MTV, I was like, I fucking love this band. And so like, dude, I bought a super early um release of Dookie also where you know how most of like the like the the part of the plastic in the CD case would be black where it like uh-huh. actually held it. My copy of Dookie that's like brown. And it's the Holy only copy shit. like that that I've ever seen. And it was one where like I bought Dookie like right when it came out. And, and, and then I was like, these guys are fucking great. And then I learned about Kerplunk and 1039 smoothed out slappy hours. I bought those both also and fucking absolutely loved both of those albums. And so, yeah, dude, I was, I was a huge Green Day fan buying albums as they came out. And then I, I kind of fell off for a little while, just heard songs from American Idiot on the radio. And then for whatever reason, I ended up buying 21st Century Breakdown. And then I listened to that like just nonstop, like every like didn't skip any tracks on it. Would just listen to it over and over. And I was like, this 
album is fucking brilliant. And then I went out and bought American Idiot, and I was like, holy shit, this one's even more fucking brilliant. And then I started oh, doing yeah. the research, and I was like, oh, American Idiot marked a turning point in the way that Billy Joel Armstrong wrote music. Before every album before American Idiot, he wrote music with a guitar. And on American Idiot Forward, he started writing it on a piano. Mm. And it was like, ooh, that was changes it, man. It, changes it, everything. It changed it up. And like it really American Idiot really marked the point where where they really matured as music yeah. musicians. And and they went from just doing you know, very kind of disposable music to like legit fucking music. And I have a huge amount of respect for that band. I, I do think they wear a ridiculous amount of eye makeup, but whatever. I love their music. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I mean, I, I was, I was probably like, I want to say my senior years when Uno, Dos and Trey came out, um, they did like those three, three albums back to back to back, you know, um, I mean, you're not missing anything if you haven't heard any Nimrod might have been the, the last one that I had bought. Okay. But before, you know, when there was that long break. Right, right, right. Because that's the one with... Um, uh, Good Riddance. Yeah. Yeah, Good Hitch Riddance. And a ride. And then, uh, yeah, Hitching a Ride. Fuck, I loved Hitching a Ride. Yeah, dude. Grouch. I was a young man that had big plans. Now I'm just another <laughs> shitty old man. <laughs> yeah, yeah excellent. I hate everything. Now I'm old like and that. I hate everything. The world. The world. That was me. So fuck, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, now, dude. See, now we need to just hang out sometime. If you can actually play an instrument, we can fucking jam out on some Green Day. <laughs> I, I can play almost every Green Day song. Dude. Oh, I dude, made that a goal. Be so much fun. I made it a goal because, like, I loved them that fucking much. I was like, I need to understand this band in every capacity. And uh, I, I love Warning, too. Like, I don't know if you've uh, sat down and listened to that album. That's a very, like... No, I haven't. Because oh I, I, I then, yeah. like, whatever they released after 21st Century Breakdown, I, I didn't pick up their next album. Oh, Even no, though I absolutely loved American Idiot and 21st Century Breakdown, I just... Right. I'm talking, this is in, like, 2000. Okay, no, about. then I definitely yeah. didn't didn't get that. Um, that, that's where they're really kind of concept was the word I was fucking looking for earlier, by the way, not the concept albums. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cause American uh, idiot and 21st century breakdown are absolutely concept albums. Exactly. Like there's three characters in uh 21st century breakdown. You got Gloria, um, fuck Christian and something else. But anyway, uh, the, the warning is a really big departure from what they did in Nimrod because Nimrod was the album that they came out with. I feel like it's like their most punk. Like it is just very punk. And does that hard. one have walking got... contradiction on it? Uh, yes. Okay, no, I fucking no, love no, no, that no, 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 too. no, that's, that's insomniac. Sorry. Which came out before Nimrod. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Sorry. Like I said, you did this. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> But there's there's some great songs like Blood, Sex, and Booze, uh, Warning, the title track, Macy's Day Parade, which um, if you like like their slower stuff, dude, I think that's one of their – that's better than uh, 21, 21 Guns. Dude, FOD is one of my favorite Green Day songs. Oh, I f- – oh, my God. Dude. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Um, but look, I'm going to tell you this. You should definitely check out – if you just want some raw Green Day, like I'm talking now – raw green day they came out literally uh january 2020 maybe february check out father of all motherfuckers dude (laughs) that's a great title it's 
I love the album because it's like, I think it's literally 30 minutes and it's just, it's like, that sounds like a punk album. If it's only 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fucking, it's great because it's just, it's them letting loose, you know, like they're having fun again after I feel like, uh, like I said, dude, I, I, I got to see them in 2016 and that was fucking fire. But, uh, yeah, I really like Father of All. It's called Father of All, but really it's Father of All Motherfuckers, but they had to change it because yeah, people course. were stupid. Um, it's a really different album, dude. Like, I implore you to check it out. If you like the Nimrod edge to it, that that's a good one. And um, I'll leave you with this, and then I know that, like, you know, I'm blowing up your ear with Green Day, but they have two other bands, uh, Foxborough Hot Tubs, and they only have one album there. Uh, and then the network, which I think in 2006 or five, they came out with this album called money, money, 2020. And then in 2020, or it could have been 2021, they came out with money, money, 2020 part two. We told you so just talking about how fucked our country is. And one of the, uh, one of the songs is Ivanka is a Nazi. <laughs> like it's so fucking ridiculous but it's amazing like it is so stupid and there's a song called hey elon talking all about elon musk and it's just yeah it's just ridiculous so again if like you're done with green day i totally get it but they're just they're oh, still no, they're not stuff. done with them by any measure right 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 but i like i i find it hilarious of the shit that they still are coming out with uh, I'm I'm excited to see what happens with the band. They're coming out with a new album, you know. So oh sweet, yeah. But like I said, I I'll, I'll stop there. I'll I'll throw you some stuff if you want to check out. But uh, oh yeah, absolutely, dude. Send me links. Yeah, it's it's always fun diving into that stuff because they're so fucking great. And I like I I tried making it a goal to watch like every live YouTube video I could when I was younger, when I was just discovering YouTube, people were looking up stupid videos left and right. And I'm over here just looking at Green Day Live, the <laughs> entire, my entire like eighth grade through high school career. So they at one point they did a, a, a concert that they that they recorded and played on MTV in its entirety. Uh, yeah. Well, are you talking about Bullet in a Bible? I don't remember. This would have been in the 90s. Oh, in the 90s. Oh, oh, shit. I know what you're talking about. And, uh, they did, they did, they just re-released something from that too. Uh, BBC released something that they did, but yeah, I, I can't, I'm not putting a Mm. finger on what you're talking about. So, because I'm pretty sure they did a live version of I think it's a song on Kerplunk where the the drummer is doing the vocals, and it's that one where it's like I love when you hurt, hurt me. me. It's that, it sounds yeah, like a country song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I love exactly feeling cheap, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, I love, love when you hurt me. So drive them staples them deep. Staples deep. <laughs> 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 When Trey Cool joined the band, like it all changed, man. Like they, they really had because, like, he wasn't on a thousand thirty nine smooth out slappy hours. Trey Cool wasn't. They had a different drummer, and then uh, Kerr Plunk. They got Trey Cool, and he's obviously been the drummer ever ever since. So yeah, because then he had the hidden track on Dookie, also. Yeah, all by myself. <laughs> I was alone. I was, I was all, all by, by myself. <laughs> no one was looking. I was thinking of you. 
Yeah, dude. And yet did I, I mention him? I was all by myself. And I love like vocals <laughs> in the back. All by myself. <laughs> it shit's so awesome, dude. Yeah, man. I'm serious. You get me on a fucking Green Day tangent, it's over, man. Oh, like, same, I, same, dude. It's just one of those bands that that I've I've loved for so long. Even though I haven't listened to all of their, di- I mean, I'm not like a Green Day maniac, but like I have loved and appreciated that band for over half of my life. For sure, man. I'm I'm glad to hear that. I really am because, um, again, like I, if there's anything you want, like to check out, like I will send you anything because I mean, I. I, the, another thing that I do is like I'm trying I I don't try to be but I I feel like I'm an artist purist like I try to listen to all of what I can like some 41 I know all their shit even though half of America probably fell off with some 41 back in like 2002 <laughs> no they still make music man and I still fucking listen to it <laughs> so yeah that's awesome they were kind of in like that blink 182 type of music right oh don't even get me started on blink dude i fucking dude i love <sighs> it like their album dude ranch and enema of the state i used to listen mm-hmm. to both of those albums a lot like the song josie is so fucking good like from dude ranch i yes. love that song in the videos fantastic with Alyssa milano in it josie <laughs> like god oh, god dude <laughs> you if you have you heard uh take off your pants and jacket <laughs> no but that's a great title <laughs> so like it shows it shows uh like it, it shows three symbols a plane pants and then a jacket right mm-hmm. but like say say that again take off your pants and jacket yeah take off your pants and jacket <laughs> yeah it's double meaning man that, i know that's why it's so funny <laughs> and jacket or jacket <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they have a song on that album called happy holidays you bastard and it's like 40 seconds and it's so fucking ridiculous dude like i implore you to listen to that as well like i said i i went through a huge phase of blink green day and some and then it all changed when i discovered avenge sevenfold so <laughs> and that brought you into a little heavier stuff a little heavier went into Metallica and all that stuff. Like I, yeah, I went into a Slayer, all of it, dude. Like I just, dude. I fucking, I love it, man. I, <laughs> I, I love music and I love where it is. I mean, I'm not going to get into what I'm listening to right now because, uh, I'm trying to wean myself off. I did the stupidest thing and started listening to Kanye West, uh, before. Hey, some of his older stuff's really good, dude. I, I, I got to stop. Like I'm done. Because, you know, all this shit that's going on and it sucks that like I listened to his whole discography so late in the game and now I'm like, okay, I listened to it. I'm done. I need to move on because I don't agree with what's going on and all this shit. He's kind of like he's been dropped from Adidas like the dude's gone off the rails and Oh, totally. I mean, yeah. to, to see somebody self-sabotage a career the way that he's done over the last – I mean, I know it's been going on a lot longer than a couple of weeks, but it's like it's reached like a fever pitch of fucking craziness in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. B- between yeah. him doing a – like he was at some fashion show and like him and some conservative mouthpiece were wearing shirts that say White Lives Matter – Yep. And then not long after that, he's tweeting anti-Semitic shit. And it's like, dude, what? Don't you have handlers around you that will just slap the phone out of your fucking hand? It's like, if anybody like needs a conservatorship, it's like, that guy does. He's ruining his own self-worth. It's fucking crazy. 
Yeah. I, like I said, I don't, I, uh, whew. but one thing I'll say, he is a great producer, uh, mixer. And I, I loved what like songs he always, uh, used for his backtracks. Oh, he comes up with great beats, dude. I still love yeah. gold digger. Like that's so funny. It's, it's fucking, fucking crazy. brilliant. Yeah. Um, what's um, funny too, uh, that came on the radio the other day where I had Aiden in the car with me, my 14 year old. And I was like, I was like, do you know what a gold digger is? And he's like, is it somebody who digs for gold? <laughs> I'm like, it's so say, innocent exactly. and so, so funny. <laughs> and I'm like, no, let me tell you the real deal. <laughs> like, you, get, you get money. You got to watch out for these hoes. <laughs> that's not how, that's not how I told it to him. <laughs> and then he'll be like, Oh, it's like, like gardening tools. And I'm like, exactly. Exactly. Dude, I love it. I'm like, we're going to revisit this conversation in four more years. <laughs> right. Joe, I talking to you is so much fucking fun. Dude, we've, we've kind of got on like a plethora of topics, but just know that you, you are seriously one of the coolest guys. And I'm so glad that, one, you let me be on the show, and two, I'm just glad I know you. You know, <laughs> that's so kind of you. Thank you. And yeah. for for like legit, I've been super drunk for the last hour, so this has just been super fun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, dude. Like I said, you're making me want to go out and get some scotch. I'm gonna wait until not tonight. I'm gonna do it a little little later, maybe in the week, um, because I know if I get sloshed now. It, just won't be helping anybody yeah, so you've got to try this monkey shoulder dude I'll, I'll send you a picture of the bottle to remind you but it is fucking good <laughs> well i can't wait dude i love it <laughs> so i just got to get those big ice trays for skulls i want to get the death star mold dude That's i was looking I at those I, I almost got those because i was like these are the the only reason i got the skull one is because it was like half the price i understand completely and, and i was yeah. like i was like okay let's let's not break the bank on all this accoutrement <laughs> let's let's settle the fuck down here because i was like i was like i need to get a little eyedropper so i can measure out my drops of water it's like you fucking dork don't buy a fucking eyedropper what's wrong with you hey man it's I'm all part of the craft i'm a completionist <laughs> yeah i like it jesus so oh shit um well that's probably as good a place as any to, to land this fucker so uh where can people <laughs> find you uh yeah, I mean we mentioned on here, but you can find me on the real Zodiac, and that's R E E L Zodiac. And uh like I said, right now all that's in the in the feed since probably September uh has been Halloween. Um we'll get we're gonna be doing some bonus episodes in a little bit. Me and uh my my new co-host Jacob, uh while Bethany is still she gets married in November, people. So she'll be back. It's just we're we're getting stuff, you know, Uh, we're going to be doing our top three movies of this year. We're going to review each one. Um, So that's nine reviews going to be coming out before the end of the year of just like single movies. So, yes, Top Gun Maverick will be one of them. Uh, Nice. Hell yeah, dude. But yeah, other than that, I mean, just keep trucking. Everybody just keep doing the best you can. And uh, Joe. Just please keep doing the show because I love, love what you do with it. And I love that you have this discussion, this free form kind of like discussion with your guests. And I always look forward to seeing who you have on every week. Oh, well, yeah. Thank you very much, dude. I appreciate that. And and absolutely check out Real Zodiac. That is a, a really great, really great podcast for breaking down movies and doing deep dives on stuff. And also fun to record on. 
<laughs> oh yeah, dude, we loved having you on. Especially, we've had you on for I can name these right off the top. You ready? Uh, the raid, super, and um, killer clowns from yeah. outer space. <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah, dude. So no, you're you're a blast. Uh, I love I love getting like the duo team of you and Brian like on a podcast. It's always fun. We're gonna have to come back to do Killer Tomatoes. I I remember we talked about that a while ago. <laughs> yeah, so. no, that was a lot of fun talking Killer Clowns. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I love I love you guys. I love getting you guys on and uh, talking movies, man. So, but yeah, guys, keep watch keep listening to the show. And look, I'm gonna fucking plug Joe here for a second. Listen to him on Pop Culture Leftovers. That dude is fucking phenomenal. And I'm recently right now, like listening to your Quantum Mania um breakdown. I haven't listened to the spoilers spoilers yet. I'm kind of thinking I might not because I did it for Doctor Strange, and it was eerie how close Brian was. <laughs> it always with is. Everything, yeah. <laughs> and so I kind of want to keep that movie a uh, secret to myself because I, I don't know. I I'm not saying it like ruined Doctor Strange, but like that zombie reveal was so fucking awesome, and I kind of wish I kept that uh, as a surprise for myself. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, I get it. You know, in in. That's a personal preference for everybody. Like, how deep do you want to go on spoilers and stuff? So I, yeah. I totally respect that, dude. That's but fair. Fuck, dude. I love what you guys are saying about this trailer. Um, it's and exciting it, looking, dude. I can't wait it, to see Quantum Mania. It's going to be so much fun, dude. Everything about it. And Jonathan Majors, man. God, the things he I'd looks, love to do to me. He looks great, dude. And also seeing him in Creed 3. It's like, over. Damn. I've... I've I've yet to watch any of the Creed movies and watching the trailer for Creed 3 I was like fuck I need to get caught up on these Creed movies. It's like this shit looks amazing. Joe, I'm telling you right fucking now, I would do a retro real Creed with you. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> if we wanted to rock through those. So oh man. But yeah, I like I said, this has been a lot of fun. Um I don't know. This is your show. I need to stop cuz I'm acting like I'm trying to like <laughs> All right, and that'll be it. Next week we're going to have no. <laughs> I was like, go ahead, dude. <laughs> I was like, you fucking land this shit. I'm, you're driving. I'm fucking drunk. Right. I'm in the passenger seat covering one eye to figure out which road we're on. Right, right. I love it. I love it. So funny. Uh, no, but it was it was great chatting with you as always, dude. I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been Startcast. <laughs>